Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC welcome to the renowned, the well-known, the Calgary um, icon, Mrs. Charlene Massey. How are you, Charlene? Oh, I'm so great. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Absolute pleasure. I have known of you for many years, but recently we were, we're both members of tech. And for every, anyone who's listened to the show knows I've been a member of tech off and on for years. And Charlene and I both had the opportunity to be on a panel together where we got to share a little bit of our experiences. And uh, moral of the story, Calgary conspires to connect us all. And I love that about this big, small town that we live in. So we met in that, in that setting. You are the founder of About Staffing, of JobShift.com. I don't like reading other people's bios because it's just not never me to do justice. Let's jump in the elevator. We've got 20 or 30 floors. Tell us a little bit about, obviously, about staffing and some of the other cool things you got on the go. And then let's see where the conversation unfolds from there. Ooh, sounds kind of sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting is super sexy. That's why I tell everyone I do it, 100%. Did you know I was a podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sometimes a lot sexier than what I do, I think. We interview mm. people and place people. I mean, how gross is that, right? Most people say, oh, I hate your job. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, 1996, I started about staffing. Uh, I was probably crazy. I thought I could do it better than everybody else. So that's kind of hilarious. Um, 2012, I uh, decided to open up a, a, a side company called About Staffing Industrial. Uh, how clever is that? <laughs> um, and then in uh, just, you know, the beginning of COVID, I started a platform called JobShift.com. And uh, that was uh, for the out of the goodness of my heart, I thought I would help all the people who were um, unemployed, who needed some support and and uh, needed guidance and confidence building, and uh, and tools to help them find work. So that was a crazy thing. And then in the last, uh, just in the last few months, I I wrote a book um, called High Fives and Compromise, and it's the stories of being a Calgary business owner. Um, through 25 years, which was our anniversary last year. Mm, and congratulations. That's a, that's a real number. Thanks. That's a real number. <laughs> well, I'm almost at 26 now. 
That's a, well, and, and let's just, and I like what you said, the, the highs and lows of being a, an entrepreneur, a business owner in Calgary, that's been a lot of roller coasters you've been on because this, our economy is notoriously that like the, when the highs are high and the lows are lows. Uh, so 1996, then 2012. Uh, and are there all these, obviously job shift was new, uh, staffing and adjust is what, if I was going to allocate my pie chart here is about staffing the main thing. And then these other are pieces, or does it all just make up the sum of the whole? Yeah, about staffing is um, really, I, I like to say that's kind of my asset. That's the one that's built. The name is known. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that's done the 60,000 plus placements in Calgary. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, 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 the mothership, I would okay. say. Um, and then, yeah, about staffing owns about staffing industrial. And then job shift is owned partly by each of my family members, plus um, about staffing and myself. So I decided that I would bring the family into the that piece of the business. So another crazy, insane thing I sometimes <laughs> question. <laughs> this is, uh, for everyone listening, this is the, I think, direct reflection of a serial entrepreneur. I started a business and it got going well. So then I decided to start another business because that's exactly what you should do when you've got just a f sliver of bandwidth <laughs> and some excitement. And then you, 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 because you're so close to it and I know you a little bit, you're an ideas person and you can't turn that tap off. And it's how do you channel it? So I'm just curious, and well, this is this is a whole nother podcast we could have about this. But over the years, how do you do? How do you keep it channeled? Because you are an idea person. I know that about you. That's only a couple ideas you've picked here. I imagine this is out of hundreds and thousands. So as an entrepreneur, have you had to also exercise some discipline of like, I'm going to do this one thing, but I'm not going to do these other ten things that I have? How's that journey just been for you, even as a person that is an idea generator? Yeah, you know, I've just just learned in the last year or so that I can only do one big idea a year um, and one piece of something every day. So if I can come home at the end of the day and say, I did one thing today and just that one thing was enough, um, that's really important. And so sometimes I just have to push stuff off to either other people or for a later year <laughs> or a later a day, but I can't, I really cannot focus on more than one thing a day and one big idea a year. I really appreciate it. And you and I have been in, in tech for a long time. I don't know. I don't remember the speaker, but it was the make or breaks conversation. Like what's that one thing that you need to do today that will move your business forward? And if you don't know what that is, you're probably going to just be, be victim to the alligators that wait in your office to eat up all your time. And it was the meta. It just, I remember that from years ago and you know, mine was get what we do in front of people that can benefit from it. And if you didn't do that today, you didn't do what you needed to do as a, as a, as a growing business thing. And so I really appreciate the discipline around that because we've, in our society, we tend to celebritize multitasking and how many million things we have on the go. And it's kind of an illusion. <laughs> it is. And it just makes you tired. <laughs> so and a, and a pile of half finished tasks at your feet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. And your brain just keeps going around and around. Like I, I didn't get this done or I didn't get this done. I just feel like it's so much more energetic to just do one thing and say, wow, I did it, you know, and we started focusing probably 10 years ago, probably in one of my upset years, um, about, you know, being closest to the money. And I, I know that sounds horrible to say out loud, um, you know, and hear it, but it, it is, it's the truth. We have to sometimes really work toward what is closest to the money because entrepreneurs, we walk that line, we walk the line of risk and, and, uh, tragedy and, and wins and, and it's just so much 
that, you know, we sometimes have to bring it right back to zero and say, okay, well, what's closest to the money today so that we can survive to tomorrow? What's that thing that's actually going to drive revenue? Someone said to me the other day, it was such a simple term. I just hadn't heard it before. Do you or don't you have a revenue culture? And I'm like, oh, wow, what a great two words to bolt together. Because often you're like close to money, like, oh, that sounds like we're not all about the money. We're not about that. But yet it's, if you don't, the business does like, it's, it's the fuel for the, it's the grist for the mill or whatever metaphor. But I love the concept of revenue. Like, do you have a revenue culture? And everybody is on board with that. Not just a few leaders in the company that are always the ones crushing or grinding for the sale, but no, having a culture that actually leans in around that because that is what allows us to do all the, the things we want to do and grow and hire and have, and, and, and have also a great, a great environment. So you've been through a lot of cycles in Calgary. Let's, maybe this is a broad one. What's the la- How's this one been from, compared to others? Like you've got this unique window and staffing is such a, I don't know if it's a canary in the coal mine of way to think about it, but we're, oh my God, we don't have enough talented people. We have, we have too many and now they can't get jobs. And where are, what's this roller coaster or this recent, I guess it's been seven or eight or nine years. How's this last or recent cycle that we're kind of feeling like we're coming out of or it's shifting? How's it looked compared to past ones? And then let's dive into kind of this one. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I live in the unemployment number. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, right. You know, right. I, I Google every, like, I'm a, I've got Google alerts that come to me every morning on the unemployment rate and jobs and hiring. And and um, this this is interesting. I can see this, I could see this coming for a long time um, because the unemployment rate is dropping. So Calgary certainly we're at uh, 6.7. But the, the important thing is Canada-wide is at 3.4. Wow. And and I watched it go from 12 to 11 to 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, um, you know, in Calgary and, and across the country. And so, I mean, I thought, ooh, you know, I, I, I've been here before. Okay. What I think is going to happen, though, I mean, it's going to continue to drop. And, and so that's where um, the strategy has to come in from past experiences is because, this one is a little bit different. We are going to go to virtually a, a zero unemployment rate. Um, you know, the United States is is driving that. Certainly, we're driving that. It's it's very uh, it's a little bit nerve wracking and scary. You go to any meeting and you will hear my issue is staffing. My issue is people. My issue is uh, people who are important to me quitting. Um, I don't know what to do. And that is the topic of, you know, of the year for sure is the staffing and hiring. Um, I like it because <laughs> uh, I've also been in the unemployment rate of, you know, gazillion. And um, this is our sweet spot. Okay. So I feel very uh, confident and happy and relaxed around this. And I guess the last 26 years has, has given me lots of training on what to expect and what to do about it. Um, we do have some unique issues. Um, you know, you and I can certainly dive into that. You know, the oil and gas market, um, they always steal our people. <laughs> and they it's, steal everybody's yeah. small business people. <laughs> yeah. You know, those kinds of things that we've been in before. But, uh, the, you know, the COVID situation, the pandemic, the hybrid workforce, um, the demanding employee culture, um, the, the, the respect, the uh, frustrations that employers are having that they cannot budget anymore for staff uh, because the demands are so high and the employees feeling that they are not appreciated and they deserve more. So there is just this huge uh, pot of anger <laughs> boiling up everywhere. 
where do you see that again now crystal ball question because remember i told you you were going to be my expert so here's here's an expert <laughs> question where does that end up because that's there's a lot of angst there's a lot of that divisiveness it's kind of like the the landlord and tenant like they always hate each other no matter what it's always confrontational unfortunately to have a, a culture that is productive and have a team like when i vision a team i don't I, I don't my first go isn't this confrontational environment as just a given but to hear you say that and this angst that you're reading about it and the great resignation and people having to just throw money and big tech coming up from the US and throwing money around Calgary like you're hearing those stories where you're kind of buying but you can't buy loyalty that's the myth about it <laughs> you buy it for a week you don't get it the, the following week because someone else has a bigger 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 paycheck <laughs> it's like it's like bribery well if you bribe me but if someone's willing to bribe me for a dollar more well sorry loyalty gone where how does that like where do you see that blowing up or like is there a breaking point with that or we've got to live in that for a while what are your thoughts yeah we're, we're going to be living in this for a while for sure and the lower mm -hmm. the unemployment rate uh, rate gets the worse it's going to get um you know or or the better it's going to get depending on your perspective yes. everybody's got a unique perspective on it um i believe there are going to be some winners and some not winners okay okay <laughs> uh because i think the people who have concentrated on appreciating their staff through the entire pandemic um, those are going to be the winners and the, the, uh, the people who are honorable, the, the, the employers who are honorable and the employers who have an excellent reputation in the world, which, you know, is your world, right? The social media world. Right. Um, those are the people who are going to win, uh, because even though the, you know, the oil companies are going to come in and, and offer more, way more money, um, you know, there, there are a lot of people still out there that are, are thinking about what is best for me in my life and what is best for me for balance and who do I want to work for? Uh, and those are, those are the winners out there. The people who just didn't care, the employers who didn't really care mm -hmm. um, and, or who maybe the employees didn't feel like, they were appreciated. Um, you know, th that's where you're going to have the winners and the losers out there. It's such an interesting, like the word caring and the word like felt like I cared, like it's very soft and it's hard to, you know, when you look at the analytical, we live in a, you know, I've heard joke many times. We live in a, in a, in a city or a province run by engineers and accountants. We have no time for caring and feelings. What are you bringing <laughs> that into the room for? But yet humans are messy and we're all about the carings and, and the feelings. So curious, just your role, thinking about it back about staffing, how much of an advocate, because you, you literally play the middle. <laughs> That's your role. <laughs> so I'm curious of that, like those conversations you're having with employees versus employers and how much you're, you know, hearing from both sides. Like, how is that being the advocate for both inside this transaction? Because you win when you matchmake, right? You're kind of, you're basically a matchmaker. Uh, yes, thank yes, you. yes, I would think that. Yeah, I would see that in a, in a great way. I, certainly a networker and a connector, but that ability to matchmake. And over the last couple of years, like such about such angst and the, you know, did we see the great resignation in Calgary the same way? Or did you see it in Western Canada the same way? Certainly a lot. So many of those articles were coming out of the US, just such a massive market. Was that something you saw over the last two years, just kind of lining up where we are today? Like, was that was that a phenomenon that happened here in the same way? Yeah, it definitely did. Okay. Um, and right now, you know, we're calling it the great reshuffle. Okay. <laughs> because it's not anymore, it, it's the next step. So so it's not mm, really okay. that people are resigning. It's that they're moving around. Yeah, leaving the um, workforce versus I'm still employed, but I'm going somewhere else. Mm. Absolutely. That's okay. exactly what's happening. Okay. So, and and the, 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 the really, you know, the, the motivated people 
are um, they're getting offers. And and so what's really interesting too is that you know the employers still think that if they have an interview with someone that they like, they can take their time in you know doing a second interview, third interview. They think that maybe this is the be- the best or only offer that this candidate is getting. And and we're trying to tell them no. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure this is you know your assumption is correct because we think that this person has had three or four or five other interviews this week and they're picking. Um, and are you sure they're even interested? Because if they're not, they're just going to ghost you, even if you present a fantastic offer. So, I mean, it's really, they're shuffling. They're moving around. Um, they're doing their research, which is, uh, you know, never used to happen that the employee would research where they're going to go work um, and what their boss is like before they make that change. Um, and then, you know, that's what's happening. It's a, it's a unique situation and the employers really kind of need to wake up and make a plan around that because those people they're interviewing may not be interested or, you know, they might have multiple offers on the table. So we've got to kind of wake people up. And are you seeing that get it factor, you know, and obviously being in marketing, I've had conversations over the years and there's lots of stats like employers with strong brands and employer br- that, that have invested in employer branding are able to recruit with this, you know, with this reduced cost. And you, you hear of all those things floating around. Are people starting to get that more because they, well, let's be honest, they kind of have no choice from an employer because it's an employee market right now and it's going to get more so. I heard that loud and clear. So then let's focus on the group that's going to need to shape up or kind of get shipped out kind of thing. But is that <laughs> is that conversation around and is that a simple as called an employer branding or like how do you coach and counsel them on like guys gals like you got to get out of your own way here like you're 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 bearing your own you're blowing off your own foot just despite your your beliefs on how it should go (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and i do think you know employer branding means different things to different people And so it's not all about, you know, the big name anymore. Uh, There are lots of people who will go and work for a small to medium-sized business. If they can look at those Google reviews, for example, and see that that employer has protected um, and socialized uh, those people during the pandemic and that they, they did do something to protect their people, and that they understand that this might be the only safe place and this might be the only social place that people get and have gotten for the last two years. Everybody was, you know, stuck in their basement, they might say. Yeah. Um, and so what did you do as an employer? And now that you're coming out of it and you're seeing that, you know, you need to hire, um, you know, what are you going to do to show that to people and make sure that everyone knows? And if you didn't, you better start now. Okay, it's going to so, take you a year to catch up. So what would be on your list? Give us, give us, give us our cheat sheet here of like, I've got my pencil ready. I'm ready to write down, you know, Charlene said I should do. What, were, what, would be, <laughs> what are some of the things you're seeing that are working? And like, what would you tell us, tell some of us, and I'll put myself in that category, that didn't do a great job. And I, and I, but I've now realized and kicked myself in my own butt and I want to do better. What are some of the actions that you've seen been taken and what should be taken? Yeah, I, I think, you know, just even starting with the simple stuff, like, checking in with your people you that you have today Being human. and i don't just mean um hey how you doing <laughs> you know more like uh, um you know do you need anything are you uh, how are you feeling um you know those kinds of things that a lot of us entrepreneurs we just don't like it because we're so busy doing other stuff like we yeah. you know we don't have time but but i think those people really need to be 
to feel that they've been they cared about. And it's not then about the money, um, you know, like lots of rollbacks and, and lots of canceled benefits and things. It's not about that. It's what can you do now to make sure they feel protected? Um, what are you, we have a, a we, this is crazy. We, we have a conversation bar in our office where people can go and you, it, all you have to do is go and stand there. And, and other people will come out and, and see what you need and collaborate and educate and compromise and deal with, you know, issues. We're in the people business. We have issues 24 <laughs> <laughs> seven. And, and Hum- humans, humans are messy. See earlier comment. Oh, crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for people sure. Are, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're nuts. Fickle. Yes, we are. Yes. F- fickle. That's a much, yeah, yeah. so many fickle. words that all kind of circle around the same meaning, but yeah, we're without all, swearing. we're, we're all know, nuts. Well, you know, Hey, it's not the podcast. The podcast isn't over yet. Let's not rule it out. Uh, anyway, this conversation bar, I, I, you know, and I put it in there. It's just a, it's like a, just a, an Island mm-hmm. in the middle of a flipping hallway. Right. Um, but what it actually gave people was a place to, bring stuff up or talk to each other and it's not about them really or or anything it could be about an issue um but over the last year since we've been we've been back pretty much the whole time because we're an essential business but uh, we were only closed for three months um but what's happened is is that people started to bring in puzzles uh what is that um and so they started out with this a friends puzzle from the show friends and they, they just put it out and then people would just walk by and put a piece on and put a piece on. It's the most crazy thing that they did. I don't know. I don't understand, but they, (laughs) they just had this place to, um, go and, and stand for a minute and, and then other people would join in. So this can be for any business. And I'm not saying as an owner or a business leader that you need to go buy a puzzle and put in an Island, but create that, con- you know, conception that there is a place for you to just, you know, hey, I have an issue with a client or hey, and it's not on email and it's not on Zoom and it's not on, you know, Google Meets. It's just um, a place that they can go to have a face-to-face connection with somebody at some point and, and maybe the hybrid connections will start to work. But even the hybrid connections, I mean, you've got to have somewhere for them to see each other and say, uh, I cannot figure this out or anybody got any ideas on this, um, you know, that kind of a mm-hmm. thing. And then, you know, the, the puzzle thing, that happened without me. I'm not the leader of the puzzles. They did it on their own. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a puzzle. Let's throw it out here. And it turned into this crazy thing. And now we have, I think, three puzzles sitting there. They've got a separate counter they've picked for the puzzles that are done. I don't know what's going on. But they, uh, they, they love it, and it means nothing. It, it, it doesn't cost anything. It means nothing to me. Um, I don't care if they take 10 minutes in their day to put a few pieces down or look at each other or say, I can't deal with this, or what can I do about that? Or, or, and I don't know what comes up around that conversation bar. I'm not always there for it, but they are so super connected to each other <laughs> around a conversation bar. And it's be, I called it a conversation bar and miraculously it's a conversation bar. So it's whatever you can do in your own place of work to create that concept. I, I don't know. It works. I have people that didn't leave. Um, and I have people that were joined in 
and I am not the highest payer. Okay, I am not the highest paying person and I am certainly not the highest in benefits or any of that. Right. Um, but they feel, they feel like they, they're cared for, even not just by me, but by everyone else. By each other. And that they have a place to talk. I had a conversation with a friend of mine recently. She worked, used to work for me um, years ago. Now she works over at Kudos and she does. Oh. she's on their global implementation team. And she, I was talking about something around culture and she said, hey, Tyler, just as a heads up, Culture isn't just your responsibility as the owner. She's like, I'm hearing you think like you have to do this. She goes, your team is also responsible to create the environment that they also want to work in as a group. So he goes, create the space for it and allow some room for them to do what they want. But if they want a puzzle, that doesn't have to be your idea. And I was just like, it was so like a little bit freeing to make, oh, wow. She's like, guess I don't have to carry the whole weight of the whole thing. I might, you know, that was just a little bit of my own owner moment. She said, hey, just remember, we are all responsible for the culture we create. And you make the room, we, we as the team also can step up into it. I just thought it was a, it was a good reframe for me so i'm just saying that out loud wow, whether anyone's I love that. yeah really it, it landed amazing they're doing such great things i read an article yesterday about them um they're just doing amazing things so i would definitely take that to heart i will well. i've actually got uh mooney boga the ceo on the podcast in two days so you're today we're wednesday and this will be in the future this we're talking about so i've actually got him on so this is a great week for talking about okay like how do we build a culture on purpose to be deliberate to meet the needs but also how do we just leave room for it to create itself and i think that that's an interesting you know i, I read an article years ago about two about an architect and he built a campus and he built two buildings and he didn't put a path in between and everyone was all up in arms like where's the path Path. He's like, let's just wait to see where people walk and then we'll build the path there. And it's always stuck with me as you don't have to engineer everything. Sometimes nature will find its way. <laughs> I'm, now, now I'm quoting Jurassic Park, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've watched all of those Jurassic um, <laughs> But I think it's true because they, they, if you have even one person on your team who is a positive, loyal, cheerleader type of person and you sit back as a leader and you just watch to see do people go to that person for questions do they feel connected do they feel like they can talk to that person about anything and if they do maybe that person can you can say hey look uh, you know i'm trying to build my culture here mm -hmm. um can you just help me out and if you come up with something hey like i don't care go for it you know, empower them, give them some budget, give them some bandwidth, you know, make, make, clear, clear, clear the path, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about, again, I haven't had one guest on the show, I think in 300 episodes that someone didn't mention. We either have a branding problem as Western Canada or very quickly, oh geez, talent, 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 talent. So when you see the road forward, uh, homegrown versus importing. Are you seeing people moving here? I know obviously work remote has opened up huge opportunities. I've also heard of big companies coming in from the US poaching people and saying, no, no, you don't have to move to Silicon Valley. You can just stay here and we'll pay you the Silicon Valley salary while you live in, in you know, Calgary costs. What are you seeing from a migration and how critical is that going forward? And are we creating a strong enough you know, provincial or, or city brand, municipal brand that'll attract people in knowing that there's maybe multiple places they could move. Like if I work at this cool tech company, is there five other tech companies I can work at when I move jobs in a year? Because that's what I do. Thoughts, thoughts on that and kind of what you're seeing and maybe where we could do better or, or you know, I'm always looking for that magic wand. What could we change? Like what could we do to make, <laughs> make, make it better in the future? Mm. Um, well, you know, I love, I mean, I love Calgary, right? And my kids are here. I've got grandkids here like it's my it's a family place i don't like the winters okay no for sure they, but, they have their moments. <laughs> um, but it's our it's our home and 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 i i've seen a lot there are a lot of people moving here okay 
Um, there's an exodus from British Columbia and there's an exodus from Ontario. And the Ontario mm-hmm. exodus has been uh, over the last year, which is crazy because we were still in pandemic. Um, they're still in it, I, I guess. But we we have accepted everyone who is coming here. Mm-hmm. And we have had a big push on, um, you know, the employment uh, or the equity, the diversity, inclusion mm-hmm. uh, movement that is going on and the immigration movement that is going on. And and so there there is a lot of amazing talent that is coming here. And we if we react quick enough and uh, then we the, we're going to be OK. Um, so I do see that happening. I know that there are there's a housing shortage and that sort of thing. Uh, but Calgary's a welcoming place. And I think that if we just continue to be welcoming, um, you know, I have a quick story for you. I, we had two Ukrainians, someone on LinkedIn sent me, said, hey, can anyone help these two Ukrainians uh, couple? Uh, it, it, they just got here on Sunday. Uh, can someone help? They need everything. And uh, it went it went crazy, of course. <laughs> well, we interviewed them. I said, send me the resumes. We interviewed them on Monday. And they got uh, placed with a client, both together, both tech people, uh, but very junior tech. And a lot of companies don't want junior tech, but these were junior tech people, adorable, yeah. by the way, um, that we placed with a client of ours. And, and with one, we made one phone call and said, hey, uh, we have two Ukrainians. They're wonderful. They just got here. Can you can you interview them? He did. He hired both on the spot. He had offers ready for almost double what they were making or asking to make for a wage. Based on what their what was their normal, and yeah, I've heard yeah. that from a few people that, and that you know, yeah, that that wage gap or that gap of reality, or even I've heard of stories which is maybe not the best, where Calgary companies were actually employing people in Ukraine that have now come here and they won't hire them because they can't afford to pay them because they were getting such a good deal when they were in the Ukraine compared to Canadian prices. So there's another that right. that's a little bit of a darker side of some of this story. Not to it sorry, is. and that feels like a negative turn to what you just told, which is a fantastically positive story. But that salary gap and that willingness to take advantage of the low cost of living in Ukraine, uh, when you get back to diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, there's some flies in that ointment. <laughs> there is, it is for sure, for sure. But it will help with the, um, it will help with our employment gap. So it yeah. will help with all of these things happening. Calgary is a great place. And if we continue to be welcoming and yep. kind, I appreciate that. And I think that's what we are. Um, that is one of our superpowers. I absolutely believe that. (laughs) Our willingness to help each other out. Like you put one call out or you phone somebody and say, hey, I need some help with this. I can't help you, but here's five other people that I know can. Like every community has that, but Calgary has that at scale, I believe. I'll stick behind that statement. I, I completely agree with you, and, and I, I think that really we just have to ask for help. And and when we do, <laughs> that's ask, a whole other that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Another podcast. Yeah, exa- yes, like exactly. <laughs> so why? So tell me why you feel like you can't ask for help? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, humans are messy. Back to see the original caveat. So interesting. Yeah. And you made a comment which I, I've run into that as well of junior tech versus more seasoned product people, people, you know, it's hard to bring on someone who's brand new with 10 years experience. So thoughts on just what you're seeing in terms of types of roles? 
Uh, well, because we have about staffing um, LTD uh, and we also have about staffing industrial and we do temporary placements as well as we do direct hire. So we are pretty much the only agency, I think the only local agency for sure, um, that does all of the that whole pot of temp, direct, industrial and corporate. We do it all. Um, we primarily work with small to medium-sized businesses, so we're not seeing the large corporation orders come in through to us. However, the small to medium-sized businesses are hiring just about everything. So it's not just tech. Um, I get a little bit nervous when I get orders for tech. We get a few, but uh, you know there are only so many tech people, and those people are in high demand, and that's where there's going to be a big struggle if we don't do something about that. Um, but everything else is coming through, literally everything. So um, we have orders for junior people, no experience in you know the trades, uh, warehousing, and that sort of thing, all the way up to skilled um, management, um, very senior people. A lot of orders are coming in from the United States. Okay. Um, so that is a big deal. They are hiring Canadians, um, primarily a senior level people um, in every uh, every avenue you can think of, every industry. Um, we had a call yesterday that was massive. They want um, lots of people to work out of American companies. It was a group. and uh, they But to, to stay here, to stay li like living here yes. or moving? Living, living and staying in Calgary. Staying here, working from here. Uh, remote and um, for all sizes of businesses in the United States, because they they can't they can't find people either. They've got such okay. a low unemployment rate. That's yeah. a whole other that's happening. a whole other variable now, though, right? That 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 work remote has opened up because taking yeah. a remote job where you don't have to move is all of a sudden doesn't look a lot like a like a like like a transfer. It doesn't look like moving your family. <laughs> Yeah, selling hmm. your house and having to find another house, you know, yeah. And exactly. sometimes in a market that's also because, you know, probably some of those companies are in very competitive markets in the U.S. as well from a real estate perspective. They are, they are. And it's very interesting. Like it's a, this, uh, this order yesterday that is a, a, we're working out the details. They want, they need somebody like us to be the employer of record. Um, they need somebody like us to payroll and handle all of the details. Mm, okay, so that yeah, I've heard of that framework. Companies out of the States. Um, can hire people because they just don't find that they don't have the talent there. But it's every single position you can imagine and every industry and every level. It's so crazy. It's it's very interesting every day. So no no dull, no dull days in your world is what is what I'm hearing, Charlie, loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> I promise so, that to my team. I say you're never going to have um, a, a, a day that is like another day. No, no groundhog no, no groundhog day about staffing. <laughs> no groundhog day, and I promise that. I promise it because I know it's impossible. <laughs> you can you can stand behind that value proposition. So yes. from your, yourself, and you've talked a little bit about it, and I've asked you kind of the crystal ball question. So if you think about going to zero, uh, what gets you the most excited about the couple the next couple of years, even as a business owner, but very specifically around the staffing space? And aside from a, a zero unemployment, what what gets what what makes you the most concerned? Like kind of what's the next thing that that breaks us? And I know maybe zero employment. What what what? what if you can't get the people you need to do the thing you do, well, there's your there's your you know full stop. <laughs> well, I mean, for us, if if uh, if we go down, um, you know, to zero unemployment rate, um, I'm raising my rates. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. All your clients are going to listen, and, and at 20, 33 minutes, are going to be like, wait, sorry, what did she say? Rewind. Yes. <laughs> 
and I'm sure everybody else in my industry will too. Yes, I think that's happening across um, the board for all of us right now because all of our costs are going our costs are going up as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, really, that is the the main issue that I see is that the budgets, um, the, you know, the budgets for hiring staff and employing people. Uh, is not syncing with the demands that the employees have. Okay. And and so the employees want more and of whatever, um, you know, and the employers, I don't know how they're going to afford that other than, you know, raising their rates. But how far do we go? Um, you know, I had a, a conversation with a guy who, who was telling me that he can't find uh, these, you know, uh, low-income earners uh, no skills um, positions. He can't fill them uh, because he's paying, you know, better than his competitors. He thought at eighteen dollars an hour, but he needs multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I said, hey, like you, you know, you're not gonna. They're not gonna take it. They're not gonna take that job for that. You know, um, and he said, but I can't afford to pay more. And I said, well, you have to. You have to pay more. And I don't know how you work that out for your staffing plan. Um, and I, I think that is going to be that, um, uh, you know, that silent killer is, is that, uh, that budgeting versus paying. How in the heck do we afford this stuff? I don't know. And how do we afford to pay these people what maybe they think they need or what they're demanding and they are. Well, and, and all due respect, their lives are costing more as well. Like, you know, it, it, inflation, right. infla- inflationary, inflammatory, they're kind of feel very feel familiar because, you know, all of a sudden I, now my clients go, well, geez, I can't pay that for that. I'm like, well, but I have to pay this for this. So what do you want me to do? And then their, whatever products they're selling goes up to the consumer and it's a vicious cycle. And we're a little ways before we get out of this inflationary because it's showing up in many different ways. It's not just consumer price index. There's lots of things oh. that are being inflated. <laughs> Well, uh, you have to pay four dollars for an apple. Um, I'm sorry, but you can't pay eighteen dollars an hour for you know a person to do a, yeah. a, you know a, a warehouse job or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't work. You can't pay four dollars for an apple and eighteen dollars an hour for a person. So it's just not going <laughs> to balance itself out. And I do feel I feel for both sides. I really, really do. And I, I think that's where my heart comes comes in. Is that I just I do feel for people, and I try to come up with other things that could work. Um, and we negotiate with clients and candidates all the time. What if we have our client pay for your education for you? What if we have our client, you know, maybe you work 30 hours a week instead of 40, but you get, you know, that, that maybe that will work for you. You could do some a side gig, um, you know, something that works with the budget of the customer, but also will work with a person who still needs to earn an income to make, make it work. Right. No, 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 nobody's winning if it doesn't work for the other side. <laughs> right. And uh, it's a tough gig right now because it's, uh, you know, the employers still think that they have, um, you know, some rights. Nope. Yeah, that's a hard reality. But yeah, sooner or later, you're either, you're either going to admit it to yourself or you're going to learn it the hard way when you either can't exactly. get those, those new roles yeah. uh, than to fill a new contract that you might have landed with a new client where maybe you didn't bid it properly. So now you don't have the margin. And it is like it pushes and pulls itself all, all over the place. And we're far yeah. from, we're far from kind of, sh- you know, we haven't sifted it through it yet. Like we're still, right, like you said, we're right in it. The great, the great yeah. reshuffle. Yes, <laughs> They're not the leaving the job for us, but they might be going across the street or to another sector or getting a job across the country, but they didn't have to move. It's so yeah, much easier to say. I know lots of people that have said no to jobs because they didn't want to move to such and such. That's been wiped yeah. off the table. Mm-hmm. 
It has, absolutely. And now that the United States is coming through loud and clear um, about hiring our people, we are going to have to consider that um, for ourselves because we want our people to stay here, which is great. They can do it. They can work remotely, um, you know, but we may lose them in that workforce, which we don't we don't want to do that. We want to try to keep them with uh with our own calgary companies or canadian yeah, of companies course. even this point. but i do i'm going to see the other side just for the sake of pro calgary i can sell my million dollar home in toronto and buy a bigger home here for 500 grand and move here from ontario and work for a company in silicon valley and make more than i was making there and have the mountains an hour away that's also pretty attractive from a tax base and you know kind of net new migration to our city but it doesn't help our emerging tech sector and our energy transition and all the other things that are happening here so well, I, I do want it all. Char- have- I want it all, Charlene. To be super clear, <laughs> like I want, it, I want all of it. And we have great people, and we have good everything, and we can have apple trees in our backyard if we want to. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's beautiful and sunny, and it's amazing here today. And and I hear you though it is a yes blue skies. I hear it's a very interesting dichotomy. I felt like a win on one front becomes a compromise on another. And you're right, everybody's in it together. But for right now, it's clearly leaning towards the employee side, and the employers are needing to really sharpen their pencils and rethink their cultures. And you know, what's your version of puzzling? And I agree, don't just put it. It's like it's like don't put a foosball table in and call yourself cool. Doesn't make you cool. It just means you bought a foosball table. It just means you bought a foosball table. That's the it was the old yeah. joke for years floated around. Like, oh, do you have a foosball I table? I remember. Like, You're missing the whole point with the foosball table question. <laughs> What's you it know, like that's here? That's what Google did, right? They bought foosball tables and basketball courts and such. And yeah, and people like, oh, they have day, sleeping but... pods. I'm like, yes, because people work 18 hours a day. Like, understand some of the reasons why they did some of the things that they do. Well, that's right. And now they're demanding people go back into the offices and work because they spent all this. Money money on these foosball tables. <laughs> yes. Um, how much just, you know, I could just keep asking questions all day. <laughs> what, what are you, what are you seeing around the opportunity for companies that are now quote unquote forcing people to go back? But now as an employer, I have a, if I don't, if I love my work from home, which I do, and I got a dog during COVID and her and I hang out and I do podcasts. So I meet lots of people. So I'm good. I have no desire. If I was an employee and someone said, you have to go back to the office, I would probably dig in my heels. How much is that forcing some of that reshuffling right now? Or what are you seeing? A lot. Um, You know, great point, Tyler, because honestly, I think that is a big problem. Um, The people that are very comfortable at home, um, you know, they are shuffling to companies that can hire remote. And there's a big exodus from the companies that said no. Um, You know, on the flip side, there are a lot of of people who want to go back into an office. Yeah. But the employers, uh, you know, they don't want to pay those big rents we got here. Um, And so they've been able to cut expenses enough to at least keep their people. And so they are also saying maybe, you know, they don't want to go back to paying rent. They want people to work remotely. And so there is a a huge issue with these needs and wants and needs and wants from both sides. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of this shuffling is going on. If you can't put me into a room, keep me into a remote situation that I've learned to love because I have a puppy, um, then I'm going to just work for someone else who lets me do that. And at the same time, you know, the people that want to go back, they're, they're saying, I want to go back to the office and be around people and be safe and social and, and get my, my brain working in a yep. social environment again. 
Um, and if you can't provide that employer, I'm out and I'm going to go find somebody who, who will take me on in an office or a workplace environment, no matter what that is. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a lot of talk going on about hybrid and that doesn't work for everybody. Um, it's a compromise. Um, but will it work for everybody? No. Is there going to be a lot of shuffling? Yes. Um, and the employees know they can do what they want. So if you don't let me do what I want, I'm out. (laughs) Um, so that is causing a big problem and, you know, COVID, um, and the pandemic just didn't do any of us any favors. Uh, Some people enjoyed it being able to stay home, but in the long term, that's so short sighted. Um, I mean, other than the, the obvious, you know, death and sickness, but I mean, the, the of workplace course, I think there's so many factors oh. Yeah, we've, we, we've gone oh, to a full, right. full remote workforce and it's worked out well. We had people leave that weren't into it, but our last few hires have been like, are you going to ever make me go to the office? No, I'm in. Like it was a very, right. like it was the, it was the make or break question. I, a good friend of mine worked for a large, uh, Calgary super major, uh, in the energy sector moved to Victoria. They were like, no problem, no problem, no problem. They were recently acquired. I won't be too specific cause you can figure out real quickly who it is. Got, <laughs> got acquired by another big super major and uh, all of a sudden a state of chaos ensued and then her job was up. So she's now been interviewing at other big majors and she interviewed and I'll give them a plug because she interviewed with Parkland, uh, the other day. And she said, what about remote? They're like, we have employees all over the world. You can live wherever you want. It's not even a problem. And she's like, I kind of, that's all that's was the, that was the main crux of everything else was great. And she's like, oh, done. So she's like, all of a sudden, her life just went from like, we don't know. And maybe you have to leave your life and your new boyfriend and your amazing like family you've created in Victoria over two and a half years. And we're going to force you to move back to like, oh, no, no, no. We'd have no problem. We, we employ people over the world. Done. For her, she said, that was just, she said she walked out, just felt like she was walking on a cloud because this big overhang of not knowing what was going to happen with her life got pulled away. And I didn't even ask her about the rest of the interview because that was her main thing that she shared because it was so important to her. And I do really appreciate yeah. that. And, and, and I'm not saying either company was wrong, but for her, it was very clear who had a stronger value proposition. <laughs> right. And, and everyone is different. So, I mean, that's totally. another point is for the employers, like, please ask, um, you know, are you interested in this job? <laughs> uh, why are you interested? Why are you not? What, what would have you accept this position or not? Are you interviewing elsewhere? How many employers am I competing with today? <laughs> you know, these are the things that we check on uh, when we're interviewing people right. and we're and we're also placing people with the, the employers. Like we're asking a million questions um, to find out really what would make you take this offer from this client and what wouldn't, so we can have some buying power with the, the employer to say, hey, here's what you need to put on the table for this person. And if you if you don't, you ain't getting them. Yeah. Um, you know, and here's where we can compromise and here's where we can't. And that's so important. And I don't know why employers just aren't asking those questions up front. They really should be. That is a good lesson right there. Be transparent, get it on the table, have a real conversation because you might not be the right fit and that's okay, but you might as well find that out in the first interview. You might like yeah, rather than ghosted <laughs> <laughs> after the offer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I joke so much. Like hiring is a lot like dating. Like oh, I might date you again. I don't think you seem too weird. I think I like you. I might hang out with you. Oh no, no I'm not going to respond to any of your messages and pretend we never met. I haven't dated well, for 20 years, but I've heard that's quite what it's like. <laughs> I know. I hear it from my, my kids even too. It sounds like, hard. It sounds hard, single. Charlene. I'm not, oh. I'm not into it. I'm going to stick with being married. It's easier. Um, it is. It's way easier. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I chose well and I've lucked out. So I've, I will put an asterisk on that. It's like, oh, Yes, absolutely. 
Oh, thank you so much for your perspective, the amazing work you do, the personality that you have in the city and the face you have for Calgary and so many employer people coming from outside. Your company is probably the first, what's this Calgary all about? And they meet this Calgary company. So I'm going to, I'm going to bravely say kudos to you guys for putting a good face forward for our company as uh, for our, 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 our Calgary, our, our Western, our Southern Alberta, because uh, brand shows up in so many ways. And if someone has a good experience, geez, you know, all of a sudden there's a checkbox in the good column. And I'm looking to put as many checkboxes in the Calgary column as possible. Ah, <laughs> oh, me too. I love it. <laughs> um, obviously about staffing, if they, if they can't find you it's because they don't know how to look, I'll be blunt, but uh, about staffing.com, you guys have amazing, like robust list of jobs on your website. <laughs> um, give us the laundry list of like, We've got job shift. We've got industri- uh, about staffing industrial. What are all the best ways for people to get a hold of you guys? Oh, my gosh. Well, we have two, <laughs> two people at the front desk uh, that answer the phone. So there's, awesome. there's that's, a, that's, that's a, you know what? That's an old fashioned answer. I haven't had for years. No one's had I know, last I time know. someone said that. <laughs> I think that does set us apart. Actually, if you phone, we actually pick up. Um, so four zero three five zero eight one thousand is the phone number. Easy to remember. Nice. And uh, somebody will be there to say hello mm-hmm. and answer your questions. Um, so that's very easy and very old school, and I'm never giving it up. And <laughs> uh, it's not going to be a dial one for this and dial two for that. Sorry, you're going to get hello. What, what uh, do you need? Well, you know what? I pre- um, you're laying out the differentiators <laughs> right off the bat. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, of course, we have aboutstaffing.com. That's a that's a big site. We're always updating and upgrading it and that sort of thing. But you can always find us there. Um, and uh, we are very easy to find everywhere, really, Google and LinkedIn and yep. li- literally everything in your world, Tyler. Um, I Hopefully, we are maximizing all of that. You, got, uh, you, you guys are you guys are everywhere for sure. I've, I have no problem doing <laughs> some creeping on you. How would someone, hey, how would someone, fi- how would someone find your new book? Oh, um, well, actually, that's on our website, too, about staffing.com. Uh, it's also, um, it's called High Fives and Compromise, 25 Lessons in 25 Years. It's a, it's a quick read, but it's about all the stuff that's got, can I say shit now? It's all the all shit the you've shit seen, yeah. <laughs> I've gone through, and there's more to the stories on, let me tell you. Um, and that I have a new website that we just started called Char- of course, uh, Char- CharleneMassey.com. I needed to protect my name. Uh, yep. so that's going to be where you can also, you got good advice me. from your marketing partners or your PR or your PR company. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, check it out. Charlene, it was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and, and thank you for the insights. And again, thanks for the work that you do and keep it up. Oh, I'm so great. Thanks for having me, Tyler. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.